49ers cutback podcast time welcome to the show everyone division rivalry 49ers versus Rams and I'm here to talk about matchups the 49ers could exploit on the offensive side of the ball I don't just look at it as hey this player versus this player a lot of times it could be a multitude of players but after watching the 49ers all 22 of them versus Pittsburgh and then going and watching the Rams all 22 of them versus Seattle I came away with some takeaways. Of course, I have to take in past uh, matchups between Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan, and how they approach going against each other to find out exactly how you know the 49ers plan to attack the Los Angeles Rams on offense. And this is a defensive group and a coaching staff that knows Kyle Shanahan very well. Yet Kyle Shanahan has consistently had success against a Rams defense. Now, it's a Rams defense in a state of flux, they have definitely changed over. You know, gone are high-priced players like Jalen Ramsey, Bobby Wagner. They're both gone. Edge rushers, gone. Uh, this is a different type of team. They've got a lot of youth. They've got a lot of young guys that are out there make, trying to make a name for themselves. So there's going to be different matchups than what we're used to. Uh, but with with all of this, the 49ers have some matchups you got to like. So I want to talk about the matchups the 49ers can look to exploit. Now, these are not exactly key matchups. I know that there are other matchups in this game that potentially don't work in the 49ers' favor. Anytime Aaron Donald is involved and there's no Daniel Brunskill, it means Donald is going to be potentially a game wrecker. So that's not what I'm talking about in this. I look for matchups that go the 49ers' way. So these are matchups that I feel the 49ers can take advantage of and win. The Rams do the same thing, right? They find matchups that their offensive players can exploit against the 49ers defensive players. So that's what I'm looking for in this one. And when I was watching, I always look at three, four defenses and try to find the bubble by how their outside linebackers play. Last week against Pittsburgh, it was the same thing. Alex Highsmith and TJ Watt are playing way outside of the 49ers framework, outside the offensive tackles, a lot of times lined up outside the tight ends, and it creates an area to run there. The 49ers tried to take advantage of it, and you can go see over on Patreon uh, my breakdown. I've broke down almost the entire game now. Second half of defense is all that's left, but plenty of content. If you want to go see it broke down piece by piece, play by play, uh, it's all over there on Patreon. But when you're looking for these matchups, that's what you're trying to find because you're trying to find how Kyle Shanahan is going to use his players to attack the opposing team. And when it comes to the 49ers, they have a lot of talent that they can use. And getting those guys out there in the positions where they can be successful is what Kyle's trying to do. But first off, I wanted to look at alignment of the defense, so that way you can dictate where those avenues are. First thing I noticed uh, was number zero, Byron Young out of Tennessee. I loved him coming out of the draft, quick first step, uh, very aggressive, can, get, can bend the corner in the pass game, which could mean some problems for Colton McKivitz. But it doesn't all have to be bad. You can also look at what you can exploit. And one thing I know about Byron Young from my time watching him at Tennessee and then my time watching the All-22 against Seattle 
is he's not great against the run setting the edge. He's he's good in a lot of facets, but that's not his best area. I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that's an area the 49ers can exploit. Because the 49ers have George Kittle, who's one of the best blocking tight ends in the league. And Charlie Warner played so good blocking against the Pittsburgh Steelers, against those good edge guys. It has me thinking, I think the 49ers can get a push on the outside. I think they can get a push on Byron Young. I think they can get a push on number 97, Michael Hoyk. I think they can get those guys moving and run off tackle. And we've seen the 49ers employ this method before. You get somebody moving across the formation, they would get in an ace backfield, which is a single back. You get two uh, guys off ball, usually check and George Kittle, and then they go ahead and motion one of those guys across, snap it as he's just passing the center, and then get a nice push. They double-team that edge outside linebacker at the point of attack. They did it to Von Miller. Uh, they did it to a lot of guys. Uh, they did it to Floyd as well. And so what they would do is get movement, and then they're able to run there. So this is the kind of the avenue the 49ers like to go. Against Pittsburgh, they would pull a lot during the game. They either had a Kyle Juszczyk come on a wham block where he came and he kicked that end out, or they pulled Burford or Banks to kick out that outside edge rusher. So they could employ the same method, or they can do what I'm talking about and use Juszczyk and Kittle and Warner uh, to get movement with that edge rusher. That will open up the 49ers run game. That's what the 49ers want to do. Kyle Shannon has came out so many times when playing the Rams, they want to establish the run. If the 49ers run the football 40 times, it is a guaranteed victory. That has been the stat against the Rams. Last week against Pittsburgh, the San Francisco 49ers carried the football 34 times. That is a recipe for success in the NFL. Running the football dictates control. Uh, control of the clock, control of everything that you need, the rhythm of offense, uh, also establishing a run game so you can throw the football. So it's about that control. So getting the movement on the outside with those two edge rushers is imperative for the Niners run game. Part of the reason is because you have Christian McCaffrey going against Rose Boom and Jones, Ernest Jones. Uh, those interior uh, linebackers are going to have their work cut out for him. Christian McCaffrey on a couple occasions last year was giving uh, the inside linebackers for the Rams a really tough time. That was Bobby Wagner. These two guys are not Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner's been one of the greatest to do it in the NFL. Now, he had definitely lost a step uh, by the time he played for the Rams, but he was still very good against the run. Just struggled in separation against the pass. When you look at these linebackers, these guys can move. These guys are fast. Uh, so the same sort of thing you saw with Pittsburgh, Cole Holcomb, Alandon Roberts, Juan Alexander, linebackers who can move. So, yes, they can get out there and they look like they're fast enough to cover McCaffrey, cover Debo out of the backfield, to cover Kyle Juszczyk. But I don't think that's a real advantage for the Rams. I think that's advantage 49ers. Once again, once Christian McCaffrey and Kyle Juszczyk, and we've seen this a lot, and I've been argued, hey, the teams in the NFL, they don't play their base sets. They play, you know, they play nickel all the time. And yes, they play nickel more than anything else. They play sub packages more than anything else. But the 49ers in their personnel groupings a lot of time dictate what you're going to be in. And the 49ers kept the Pittsburgh Steelers in 3-4 a lot. Jawan Jennings didn't play a whole bunch because they liked the matchups. Because they would split Kyle Juszczyk out wide. And then all of a sudden you've got a, a corner covering him. And in the slot, you've got a linebacker 
covering Debo Samuel or Christian McCaffrey in this case. And I think that's where you run into the risk of getting beat. And I think the 49ers can handle the McCaffrey advantage in a nice way because you do have to pay attention. 151 yards on the ground, another 17 uh, through three catches for Christian McCaffrey in week one. And the 49ers already used him last year to go off and make some big plays against the Rams. The Rams seem to always struggle with Debo Samuel, uh, but last year they struggled a little bit with McCaffrey as well. It's a two-headed monster. So these matchups are going to be imperative. Taking advantage of McCaffrey versus Roseboom and Jones isn't just in the passing game, though. It's also running. Running the football, those two guys are a little bit slower to pull the trigger and get upfield than I've seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers, which means with the way McCaffrey runs, that patience until he needs to accelerate through the hole, if those guys hesitate, the 49ers offensive line and skilled players may be able to get to second level and create some explosives for Christian McCaffrey. I think if they're afraid to pull the trigger and come up on the run because they're afraid that Kyle Shanahan's going to dial up a play-action pass and take advantage with Debo Samuel over the middle, that those two linebackers are going to run into a world of hurt. Plus, if they stay back, you can get the McCaffrey the ball in space. So I think this is one of those unique matchups that the 49ers can really take advantage of. Get Christian McCaffrey in situations where he's lined up one-on-one with a linebacker. I don't care if it's an outside linebacker. I don't care if it's an inside linebacker. Get McCaffrey in those matchups. One of the ways you do it is, like I said, keeping that 21 personnel, two running backs, one tight end. By doing that, a lot of times teams want to run a 3-4. They want to stay in their base set. They're afraid you're going to run the football with Kyle Juszczyk. And then you put Kyle Juszczyk out there. They put a corner on him, and they cover him. And then every once in a while, they decide, you know what? We're not going to do that. We're going to move our corner inside, and we're going to put a linebacker out there on Kyle Juszczyk, and then Juszczyk has a big play down the sideline. So it's a cat-and-mouse game for Kyle Shanahan. He's, he's getting your attention over here, doing something somewhere else. And that's what he can do with this matchup. So McCaffrey running the football. If those linebackers are afraid to pull the trigger, there's going to be avenues to run the football. And then in the passing game, anytime you get a, a matchup, I don't care if it's zone or if it's a man coverage. It's man coverage is win Christian McCaffrey every single time. If it's zone, I think in that situation, you're going to see McCaffrey's ability to find voids and also just move away from these guys, drift. Uh, when their eyes are in the backfield, he knows how to wiggle free. Uh, so I'm very interested in this matchup. I think the Fourniers have a advantage there. They had an advantage last year against a really good football player. That guy's gone. And now you have a couple of guys they could take advantage of. I do like the athletic ability of the linebackers for the Rams. I think they're pretty good in that area. Anything sideline to sideline, they run really fast. They can get there. Uh, it's right now the more things between the tackles. So we'll see how the Rams go about it. And if the 49ers can create that leverage, where we are talking earlier about Byron Young and Michael Hawk on the outside, you're going to be able to kick out and then run there. Uh, that will kind of deter those linebackers from being able to get there when you run sideline to sideline with a horizontal-type run game. Uh, so this is going to be a fun one. Uh, next up, though, a familiar friend, a familiar face is over on the Los Angeles Rams, and that is Akilo Witherspoon. Uh, far cry from Jalen Ramsey, Akilah Witherspoon. We know about his length, nearly six foot three, got good size. He's usually pretty physical at the point of attack as far as tackling. 
Uh, but the 49ers are very familiar with him. This is the regime and coaching staff that drafted him. They know him inside and out. And we've even seen him playing with the Saints. We've played against him when he was there. So the 49ers have a Rolodex and information. Uh, I'm sorry, the Seahawks. We have the 49ers have a Rolodex information on what a killer Witherspoon does and is. And I think he's a matchup uh, win for the 49ers against Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Ayuk, we saw what he did to Patrick Peterson. He turned him inside out. And I think this is what's going to happen to Akilah Witherspoon. And, and why do I say that? Uh, because I seen Akilah Witherspoon cover in this game against the Seahawks. And Akilah Witherspoon was getting beat on plays going across the formation. Will Disley got some separation on him a little bit. Uh, there was some confusion between him and a safety on a deep route by Tutu Atwell. There are just some things the 49ers can take advantage of. When you marry Kyle Shanahan's extensive play calling, uh, game planning, and then the techniques that Brandon Ayuk is able to use, I just think that Akilah Witherspoon is going to have a problem. And so the 49ers are going to look to this matchup at times, and they're going to be able to create separation. Now, most of what Kyle Shanahan does doesn't normally reflect a one-on-one -on -one type situation. It's not normally isolating a wide receiver one-on-one -on -one with a corner, but we have seen him do it. And we've seen Brandon Ayuk take advantage in the preseason and then against Patrick Peterson in two situations. Debo Samuel cleared out for the first touchdown. Brandon Ayuk runs an impressive route, uh, breaks down Patrick Peterson and makes a play in the end zone. And then later on, the one over the shoulder of Patrick Peterson for a touchdown where he gets both feet in. Those were situations where you got one-on-one -on -one matchups. Akilah Witherspoon, as much as I like Spoon, he is not a great matchup against Brandon Ayuk. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's short area quickness, the way he's able to change directions, is going to be hard for Spoon. Where Spoon succeeds is when he can sit in a base cover three set, play off, and then come up and use his length to make tackles, uh, to bat the ball away, especially on 50-50 balls. That's where Spoon's going to have his advantage. Anything where he's one-on-one, -on -one, uh, having to determine where a receiver is going to go on a deeper route or if he's going to break it off. And that's where you can kind of have some success with Akilah Witherspoon. A lot of Spoon's problems uh, have to do with confidence. If he's confident, he plays better. So the four yards are going to look to kind of destabilize him as far as confidence early. I expect them to go at him a little bit during the game with a couple of different guys. I just feel like Brandon Ayuk is a bad matchup for Spoon. And I think as far as physicality, Debo is a bad matchup for Spoon. But I think Debo uh, creates less separation with his normal route running, and that might be a different matchup. But we'll see. We'll see what the Rams decide to do on the outside. Will they give Akilah Witherspoon help over the top? It might be a smart move to make sure that Spoon doesn't get beat deep and that the 49ers don't just consistently go at him with Brandon Ayuk. Next up, I want to talk about Debo Samuel and George Kittle. And Debo Samuel and George Kittle do something better than almost any uh, combination in the entire league. And that's attack the middle of the field. So when you're worried about Christian McCaffrey and you've got to employ your linebackers to go help with Christian McCaffrey, it opens up a void. We talked about the linebackers being afraid to pull the trigger on coming downhill towards Christian McCaffrey. Well, when they don't come downhill, then they can sag and help in pass, pass coverage. The problem is, with McCaffrey running the football at the rate he's running, uh, you're just going to gouge them until they do commit. But once they do, you have an interesting matchup because once those linebackers vacate the middle of the field, it leaves it up to the safeties. 
And the Rams are going with Jordan Fuller and Russ Yeast as their safeties. And right now, I think that is a advantage 49ers. First, the 49ers have to establish the run. They establish the run, and they get those linebackers coming up and really being aggressive in the run game. That's going to open up the middle of the field for Debo Samuel and George Kittle to do what they do. And they attack defenses better than anyone. The catch and then the yards after catch are spectacular. That's why over the years we've seen Debo be a killer for the Rams. Uh, We've seen Jawan Jennings make really big plays, especially over the middle of the field, because it opens up once you establish the run game. Not only can you get those linebackers moving vertically coming forward, but you can also get them moving horizontally because what the 49ers like to do is get the ball quick to Debo on screens. And we've seen Debo take those plays to the house against the Rams. So getting the ball out quickly not only makes it easier for guys like Colt McKivitz and your offensive line, but also it allows Debo more time to operate. But then you can start moving defenders in the middle of the field horizontally and opening up windows to throw. It's not all about vertical. It's about horizontal, right? The key to any game plan is how much of this grass can I make the defense cover? If I can make them cover every blade of grass, that's going to open up holes and avenues to get my playmakers to football. And with the guys the 49ers have, it'll yards after the catch, and I know he's banged up, but Debo, McCaffrey, uh, Brandon Ayuk, these guys can make big plays in the middle of the field. But I think this one really uh, helps the 49ers big two of Debo and George Kittle because the matchups that they're going to employ. You're going to get a nice favorable matchup in the slot for Debo Samuel. And you're also going to get George Kittle working against the linebackers we talked and the tight and the safeties. And though I like the safety group as far as how they played against Will Disley, he still had opportunities uh, down. I'm sorry. Yeah, he still had opportunities down the field. So I think that's one thing to remember uh, when you're talking about the Rams defense is it's pretty good, uh, but there's opportunities to go at them. So I've seen the 49ers do this every single time. I've seen them take advantage of Debo Samuel versus the Rams. And those were more talented Rams teams. Now I have to take into consideration how well the Rams played against the Seahawks. They did a pretty good job. And that second half, they figured some things out on offense and they played well on defense and shut down Seattle Seahawks defense or offense. I don't think this is one of those things where uh, the 49ers are going to take them serious, though, because there are some matchups you have to take advantage of. And I think the middle of the field is always where Kyle Shanahan wants to go. Now, through the years, what they've done is they've started keeping robbers and people in the middle of the field, whether that's a safety uh, rolling over a nickel corner. We saw Patrick Peterson do that week, this uh, last week against uh, the Steelers. Is try to take away those intermediate routes over the middle that Kyle Shanahan loves to run. He loves to run dagger concepts where you get the vertical and you get the guy coming across and put that defense in a vertical stretch. Uh, those things are tough, especially when you're dragging a George Kittle across, getting the linebacker's attention. You send... Brandon Ayuk on a vertical, and then all of a sudden Debo breaks off the dig in the middle of the field. You know, how how do you break off George Kittle or Brandon Ayuk? How do you sag on Kittle and allow him to catch the ball underneath? You know he can get yards after the catch. That is the stress that this 49ers offense puts on people. And the Rams are going to have a lot of new faces in the middle of that field 
that are going to have to make plays against this 49ers skill group. And then I got Kyle Shanahan uh, with the, his use of personnel grouping because I saw it against Pittsburgh, and I kind of was telling people during the week, hey, this is what's going to happen. The 49ers are going to dictate what Pittsburgh does by personnel groupings. Now, when you're talking about the Rams, sometimes they don't uh, do exactly what you're expecting personnel grouping-wise. They'll put a linebacker out against a slot receiver and try to give him help. Like, they do a lot of different things. So they're not as easy to manipulate. But with these personnel groupings, Kyle Shanahan will use a personnel grouping, which will put, you know, either it's, it's you know, the two running backs, one tight end. Uh, he'll go to 11 personnel and have three wide receivers on the field, which he used a lot with Jawan Jennings blocking against a nickel corner. What he does is he finds favorable matchups. So he's going to determine which players he wants on the field. Does he want your nickel package and take advantage of your nickel corner in the run game? Does he want your base 3-4 uh, to take advantage of a linebacker out in space against McCaffrey at Juszczyk? He's going to decide that. And then what happens is if you adhere to what he wanted and you bring in the grouping that he's expecting, then he's going to use a combination of the formation, uh, formation shifts uh, and motions to dictate who covers who. Because a lot of times you'll see a movement, you'll see a motion, and you'll see the linebackers move. Next thing you know, you've got the matchup you're looking for. Kyle Shanahan does this better than anyone. 49ers ran motion on 82% of snaps in week one. By far number one in the league. The next closest is Miami, and they were at 67%. The San Francisco 49ers dictate on offense. That's what they're about. The 49ers' aggressive style of offense dictates what you do. And it may not be an attacking style offense that the NFL is used to, right? You don't see the vertical game consistently. A lot of people believe that's attacking, right? Vertical throws, deep down the field. Hey, here comes that offense with the vertical. No, what Kyle Shanahan's attack is, is I'm going to maneuver you everywhere I, will, everywhere I want you to go and then strategically pick you apart. And so when you're looking at a defense, you find every single matchup that you possibly want and then you match up a certain receiver, a certain running back, or certain tight end against that player. And then you start figuring out, it's like a Rubik's Cube, how do I move the pieces to get that guy against my guy? And when it happens, take advantage of it. That's where Brock Purdy comes in. You can't miss the opportunities that Kyle Shanahan dials up for you. And Brock doesn't miss very many. So he gets out there, and he shifts everyone into place, and next thing you know, boom, McCaffrey, on a linebacker, big win, first down. All of a sudden, you get a safety, one-on-one with Debo in space. Advantage Debo. So that's what it's all about in this game, is the 49ers finding matchups that work their way. These are some of the matchups I think they can exploit. It all starts with Kyle Shanahan, with formations, with motions, with shifts. Then it goes to the establishment of the run game. Being able to get Christian McCaffrey to attack off-tackle by getting some movement with those young edge rushers, including Byron Young, and getting them kicked out. And then, of course, you're going to have to handle Aaron Donald. I'll talk about that in the game preview show. That's going to be a key matchup in this game. That's not a matchup you can exploit. That's a matchup you have to try to manage because uh, the dude's a, a freak of nature. But you establish that run game. That will bring those linebackers up. That will allow you to attack the middle of the field with Debo Samuel and George Kittle 
to get some yards after the catch. And in a lot of cases, Brandon Ayuk. And then when you get to third down situations, you get to red zone, you isolate Brandon Ayuk one-on-one with Akilah Witherspoon. And you let him go out there and you let him win. And he's got all the tools to do it. How do you do it? Well, you you send guys in motion. Uh, you send guys across the formation. Debo, George Kittle, it, it doesn't matter. And when they start moving and you get that one-on-one, take advantage of it. And Brock Purdy's proven. He's willing to take that pass and make it. Uh, the most difficult pass with the least amount of chance of completion that was completed last week was his pass over Patrick Peterson for a touchdown in the corner to Brandon Ayuk. That's a, a next-level gen stat. It's crazy, but he's willing to do it. Kyle has confidence in him to handle it, and that's why the 49ers can exploit these types of situations. So that's the, that's the way the 49ers can exploit. Does it mean it's going to happen that way? No. You still have to go out there and execute. You can notice all the different mismatches you like. You can try to gear it up exactly how you want. But if you don't execute, if you turn over the football, if you don't convert on third down, uh, then it's going to be a little bit tougher. And the Rams could win. The Rams could step up. I'm not saying win the game. I'm saying the Rams could step up and win a lot of these matchups. Uh, so the 49ers have to exploit them. They have to go out there and take advantage of it. I think it's going to be a fun game. The divisional matchup, it's always fun when you play the Rams. Down in SoFi Stadium, the 49ers faithful are going to be out in full force going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing what Debo does because Debo just does his thing against the Rams. And now with McCaffrey, uh, this will be Brock Purdy and McCaffrey's first time together playing against the Rams. We'll see. I'm really curious to see how good the Rams are. I thought last week they played well. Let's see what happens when they play the 49ers. Are the 49ers for real, for real? They did it against Pittsburgh. They do it against the Rams. I'm going to start feeling very comfortable about this 49ers team. So thank you guys so much for watching the episode. Uh, like the video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. I really appreciate all the new subscribers. You can also listen 49ers Cutback on Believe audio platform. Give it a five-star rating. I really appreciate that. Uh, that means a lot. It goes to help uh, the channel so much. So I appreciate all of that. Of course, you can head over to Patreon, all the film breakdowns, the Ant Hill Show, uh, all that stuff is available. So lots of content that you can get. And then now the PSF app, uh, it is available you know, to download. It's available on you know Apple, and you can get it in the Google Play Store. Download it. Uh, me and Mark Adams from 49ers Camelot, we do a live show Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific time. So we did that earlier, and you guys can go check that out. But also, we're going to be live for the 49ers versus Rams game. So come through and check it out. Interact with us going to be fun we're going to be on there giving live commentary there'll be a, a stat thing on there it's going to be a lot of fun so hopefully i'll see all of you guys there you truly are the best i'll catch you guys on the next one but until then stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.